Welcome to the Scripture Memory Podcast, a ministry of Scripture Memory Fellowship. If you've ever felt like memorizing God's Word is an uphill battle, stay tuned. This podcast will help you make Bible memory a consistent and enjoyable part of your daily life. After all, knowing Scripture is the first step towards a fruitful, God-honoring life. So whether you're a new memorizer who needs some practical Bible memory tips, or a veteran memorizer who just needs some encouragement for their journey, Stay tuned for today's episode of the Scripture Memory Podcast. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Scripture Memory Podcast, the podcast where we are helping you make Scripture memorization a consistent and enjoyable part of your daily life. I'm Dakota Lynch. And I'm Randy Williamson. And I'm Olivia Tarbell. And uh, joining us today, uh, we have a special guest, Kelsey Reed. Kelsey, thank you so much for joining us. What a pleasure to be with you guys today. So, Kelsey, I know your ministry uh, is really wrapped up in a podcast called Concurrently that we'll be learning more about in today's episode. And for those of you listening, we'll be exploring in some detail how to study God's Word. And that's going to be a really enriching part of your memorization of Scripture. And so we hope you'll stay tuned. But as always, we want to begin our episode with a passage of the day. And so, Randy, you have that for us. Yeah. So since we're dealing with the rampant pandemic of biblical illiteracy, the need for God's people to know God's Word. Uh, I want to share with you a passage of the day that's related to that. Um, Unfortunately, this is not a new issue. Uh, There have been burning theological issues that were really rooted in a lack of understanding of God's Word. I want to give you an example. I won't read the whole passage, but one verse from it, and then I'll set it up. Matthew 22, verse 29 says this, But Jesus answered them, You are wrong because you know neither the Scriptures nor the power of God. So the Sadducees had approached our Lord Jesus. And the burning issue, the burning debate was really between the Sadducees and the Pharisees. The Pharisees, these are two rather uh, sects of Judaism. And there was a division between them about the reality of the resurrection. The Pharisees believed they held uh, to the bodily resurrection But uh, the Sadducees did not. Dakota, you want to hear a joke about that? I am ready. So the Sadducees did not hold to the resurrection, so they were sad, you see. Wow. I have (laughs) never heard that before. (laughs) So they approach our Lord, and they think that they have this theological knot that he cannot untangle. This idea that uh, a man and a woman are married, the husband dies. She marries the brother, goes through seven brothers, then the seventh dies and she dies, and they say, who, who, whose husband will she be in the resurrection? How do you unpack that? And what does Jesus say? This is wrong because you don't know the scriptures. And he answers with this pithy application of scripture. He, he says that the Lord, we read in the book of Genesis, Exodus rather, I am the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. And when the crowd heard it, they were astonished at his teaching. So he just made that very pointed application of Scripture because he knew God's Word. And we as believers, we need to know God's Word, and we need to be able to apply it to daily living, to the laboratory of life, they say. That's so true. And I think when you read that passage in Exodus, 
where God is speaking to Moses through the burning bush, and he says, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You don't read that passage and think about the resurrection, necessarily. That's not the headline that you would see in your Bible there, but that's something you discover as you study the passage and as you unpack it and you begin to explore what are the implications of this. And so really that kind of sets up our topic for today, which is the importance of participating in that process. And so, Kelsey, I know this is a subject that is near and dear to your heart, and we've had the privilege of getting to know you a little bit over the last uh, couple of weeks, but why don't you just introduce yourself and your ministry to our listeners and tell us a little bit about your story. Absolutely. I'm going to have to start with my dad because you used a joke that I'm familiar with from the time I was very young. My father is a pastor, and so I think that there's this unique genre of dad pastor jokes that you just fell right into. So the subset of dad jokes. So grew up with a father who was in pastoral ministry and also overseas ministry and grew to love evangelism through the eyes of my dad. And it was through this recognition of the deep need for the gospel to not only be at work in my own life, but to be something that I I pray is showing through this jar of clay. Um, and, And that what it looked like for me was a gradual and deepening love of Scripture through this uh, view of how desperately we need it in our lives to have confidence, to have hope, to be able to engage with those challenging questions, either of culture or within the church. Um, I just think of that question that was posed to Jesus to seek to entrap him. And I think quite often we have cultural questions that are seeking to entrap us and that the best way for us to engage winsomely as salt which preserves and as light which shows that there is truth is to know the word and to know it well and to see the Father's face um, in just his uh, just beautiful narrative, this redemptive narrative that we gradually learn through all of life. Um, I am also married to a former pastor. He is no longer in vocational ministry, but he is somebody who is also very deeply engaged in this work of of, uh, winsomely engaging with culture and seeking to find those opportunities to speak of the truth that we have found and the hope that we have found. We have three daughters. Our eldest is about to graduate from high school, which is just mind-blowing to me. And we have so an 18-year-old, a 16-year-old, and then a child who's going on eight. And she was born after our seminary days. We went to Covenant Theological Seminary when our first two were quite young. And so uh, that was just a bit of our story to sketch out that we are passionate about trying to not only learn for ourselves, but for our children and outward uh, seek to be a part of this teaching and learning process of the Word and the world. Kelsey, could you talk to us a little bit? uh, I heard you say uh, several times about engaging the culture winsomely. I really like that you add that part. Where does Bible study come into play there. I think, you know, we have this this dual danger. On the one hand, we can assimilate to the culture, and then on the other hand, we want to cloister ourselves off and have nothing to do with it. Mm. How do we use Bible study to strike that right balance of swimming in the culture without being tainted by it and engaging it, like you said, winsomely? Mm. 
I think I'm a bit of a generalist. I have to hang on to some big picture concepts as almost uh, to borrow from another worldview, almost as a mantra for life. Um, I need to think of these concepts like this is my father's world and to live in that sense of if it's his world, then everything that is in it is is going according to his purposes. This is, of course, a paraphrasing from different places in scripture to say that. But I cling to those things. If this is his world, he cares about it, and he cares that it be renewed. And so another big picture concept that I lean into that was just well spelled out for me during my seminary days is this idea that we are in a narrative that is a redemptive narrative. And so scripture spells that out for us explicitly. But as we look at the world through that redemptive narrative, we can see that the Lord is working all things out for his glory and for the good of those who fear him. So we, I I say again, I am clinging to some of those big picture understandings and that my memorization of scripture even falls into those four main points of the redemptive narrative, which naturally include this concept of redemption and restoration. The Father's purposes for his creation are to go back to those originally pre-fall mandates of go, fill the earth, subdue it, be my image bearers and agents in the world, Uh, cause it to flourish and multiply. You go, flourish and multiply. And then There is a reiteration of that as we think of the Lord's redemptive purposes in his world and where he tells us to go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them, you know, bringing them into his kingdom that is inaugurated in Jesus's life, death, and resurrection. So his purposes are to restore us into those places where our activity in the world Uh, Our image bearing to his creation and to one another is restored to us by the power of his spirit. So I'm not sure if that is the way that you expected me to try to answer that, but I see in his, uh, his narrative arc this compelling reason to go out, to learn, to engage, to discern places where as one who knows him and loves him and is learning more of him, where I can speak my reason for hope and to show where the word gives us that reason for hope. That's awesome. You can really see how diving into the word like that and studying God's word in such a way would help build out that understanding. And yeah, as your heart is abiding in the word that you've studied, it will shape and filter that worldview. That's great. I'm I'm thinking about how some of our listeners might be saying, well, I want to memorize scripture and and why then are we talking about all of these, you know, Bible study techniques and yet I think it's important for us to all remember that Bible study and scripture memorization really go together. And the point of memorizing scripture, this is hard for us to remember sometimes, is not just to get the words right and to be able to recite it with some, you know, word perfect accuracy. But it's so that our our lives can be conformed to, to the scripture that we're memorizing. And in order for that to happen, of course, we have to have a proper understanding of the scripture that we're memorizing. And so to start memorizing scripture 
but never take the time to slow down, to systematically explore what this passage has to say, what was going on in history at that time, what prompted this letter to be written in the first place, uh, what are its implications then and now. Those are all such vital questions. And so, Kelsey, you've kind of condensed this down in such a helpful way into an acronym. I'd love for you to share that with our listeners, because I think this has such relevance even in the realm of Scripture memory. Yes. I want to unpack that acronym, but I want to also say another thing that I've failed to say in terms of these big picture concepts that as we talk about in in the news, you know, we're about expanding news literacy, growing news literacy. What we're talking to about today is that biblical literacy, of course, which equips us to engage the world. So these concepts of, of biblical literacy, I always have to go back to thinking about our learning. Um, a classical method of education likes to talk about this grammar stage of our learning. When I think about scripture memory, we're doing those building blocks where we get used to those grammar pieces of scripture. But they don't stay, just as we don't stay with just the ABCs, they don't stay merely these memorized pieces of Scripture. We begin to understand how to apply them. We listen to the rules of, like I said, the redemptive narrative. We see how the logic and the chronology of that comes into play. That would correspond maybe with a logic stage in classical education, where we're beginning to understand the rules or In biblical literacy, we're beginning to do the theology, the logic of God and man, um, anthropology. But it gets to this place where then we are applying it, where we're in a relationship, where we're creating with that building block, that raw material. And we're engaging with um, just a understanding of how do I respond in this situation? So the acronym here. We're talking when we use this building block uh, and also moving through to response. We're talking about survey, observe, analyze, and respond. The thing that brings us from those raw materials all the way through to a mature Christian response. Survey, to think about how that applies in this scripture study, uh, it's, a, it's an inductive method, I should say, before I go much further. SOAR was developed originally out of material from InterVarsity. SOAR, it really heavily concentrates on that mature response. So we're saying survey, observe, analyze, respond. So survey gives us what is this big picture of this passage about? If I'm in the Beatitudes, for example, you know, what am I looking at? This is truly, in a big picture sense, a passage where Jesus is talking about the kingdom, the vision for the kingdom. What does this new kingdom look like? Then if we were going to observe all those little details, we get into the verses where he discusses that the poor are blessed, the, the poor in spirit, those that are humble. Um, that we're seeing those tiny details of description and even his methods by which he's telling it. What are his techniques? How is he telling this story? And then we go into analysis where we compare it to different pieces of scripture, where we understand across the whole of scripture, a biblical theology, where this passage sits, where is it in the redemptive narrative? 
the Beatitudes, for example, they're going to be previous to Jesus' death and resurrection. So he's instilling a vision for this kingdom, but he hasn't fully revealed it in a way that the disciples can understand that this is an upside-down kingdom, as some people have been uh, known to call it, one where leadership is a servant version of leadership rather than this top-down hero version like we saw the Israelites try to cultivate in their kingship through Saul, that they would be like the other nations. So we're analyzing this piece of scripture according to what we see in Samuel, where that is described. And then, so how do we respond? What does that look like then in our lives? Well, we're called to servanthood. We're called to what it looks like to come alongside and to be that salt and light that he also communicates in the Beatitudes, that we are the light on the hill. What does it mean for us then to display that light and not hide it? Um, It needs to be seen and it needs to bring renewal. So survey, observe, analyze, respond through a little bit of an example through the Beatitudes. That's great. And I think that really condenses this mysterious concept of inductive Bible study down to something that's so winsome and easy to remember. And I know you just described that very concisely, but there's also a more expanded version of that, uh, a PDF download that we'll be linking to in the show notes that kind of goes into even further detail about what each of those steps really entails so that people can really get the most out of their passage. You know, there's a, a passage in Proverbs that says, the slothful man roasts not what he took in hunting. And when you think about the process of hunting, it's a pretty involved process, you know, and wouldn't it be a shame if at the end of that journey, you never got any meat out of it? And I think that's what we find when we're memorizing scripture. It's a time-consuming and and an energy-consuming thing. And wouldn't it be a shame if at the end of the day, we didn't have any meat to chew on and any application to live out or any new ways of thinking that were introduced? And I think that sore really helps protect against that. And it helps us roast what we take in hunting, as it were. I love that you brought up cooking because my most recent podcast episode unpacks soar through the idea of cooking. My mom is a trained chef. So I talked about my dad being a pastor. I've kind of saved this kernel. You pulled it out well with your metaphor that we are learning how to use these tools to create a delicious product. And part of that is the deliciousness of growth in Christ, that we are applying these tools towards the maturity of our children. So it's something that we are having for our own maturity and creating something that is a tasty dish for others to be able to see and delight in as they see what the Word has done to spring up its fruit in our lives, and hopefully that we're cultivating in our children as well. I know we're going to link it in the show notes, but um, the article that you wrote and you like uploaded this PDF for, you talk about using this with your kids. And I think that that is so helpful to train your kids how to study um, using this method. Thank you for the comment there, because that's exactly where I was going. We can't necessarily attack every single question that is mentioned in this handout. It's a lot of material. But as we grow and as we practice certain ones of the questions, we move into deeper areas and we are informing our children's question asking. We're informing their relationship, equipping their relationship with scripture 
helping them to recognize that it is for them and that they can ask questions, interrogate it, wrestle with the Lord, just as so many of our uh, characters that have gone before us, the saints that have gone before us, that we see that they wrestle with the Lord and that that is also uniquely available to us, to our children. He is ready for us to ask him to move into this deepening relationship where harder things might be brought to bear as we we say, Lord, how long, for example? So lots of questions in this specific handout, but please do hear that it's meant to be one of those things that's unpacked over the course of a life, a little bit at a time. Yes. So I know as we think about inductive Bible study here at Scripture Memory Fellowship, we see that as such a key component of Scripture memorization, and I know that's something that you care about, Kelsey. And I know also for you and for your ministry, inductive Bible study is also an an important component of a biblical worldview, and that's such a key component of what you and your ministry are about. So I know we're running out of time, but tell our listeners, if you would, a little bit about your podcast and also how they can subscribe to that and just stay in the loop in terms of what you and your ministry are putting out. I will. So we use SOAR quite a bit, not only for uh, just approaching greater biblical literacy, but it's a, a tool that I want to mention maybe tuned towards looking at what's going on in the world. And we use it quite often, like I said, in the podcast, which is called Concurrently. It can be found anywhere that you would listen to podcasts, but an easy way to get a sense of our other materials, our older episodes, is to go to gwnews.com slash concurrently or slash newscoach might be even better. So gwnews.com slash newscoach. In that area, you'll not only find the episodes that we have created, but the complimentary material that's in our blog. That's where you pulled out that handout. We try to write things that are going to help extend that learning beyond what we record in our conversations. Those conversations, they're intended to be models for the things that you might do at home. We want to encourage that there is so much grace for the learning process. There's grace for these difficult conversations. There is so much supply in the better helper that this that was left with us. This is the Holy Spirit, Jesus Spirit, intimately indwelling us to equip us. So if that is, uh, there's maybe a couple more places you could find us, but those are primary in, uh, in what I would recommend. That's so good. So yeah, Kelsey, thank you so much for being part of this episode, for just reminding us uh, so eloquently about the benefits, the need that we all have to study God's Word, to do that in a systematic way, because in the process of studying God's Word, we see what it means, and it shapes how we live, how we think. And uh, for those of you listening, do be sure and check out the Concurrently podcast. Again, we'll have that link in the show notes so that you can find it very conveniently. And as always, we hope that you'll subscribe and join us next time for another episode of the Scripture Memory Podcast. Thanks so much, and God bless. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of the Scripture Memory Podcast, a ministry of Scripture Memory Fellowship. At SMF, our mission is to help you know, live, and love God's Word. If you're ready to take the next step in your Scripture Memory journey, visit us online at scripturememory.com or download Verse Locker, our free Bible memory app. 
As always, be blessed today as you take time to enjoy God's Word. And be sure to join us next time for another episode of the Scripture Memory Podcast.